0: Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak to us today. You provide us all that we need, all the resources we need to live our life in honour of you. And we pray that as we reflect on Psalm 46, you might help that be the case. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. I really do hope you are having a happy new year. Uh, Not much of this year yet, uh, but hope it's happy. So far, mine is uh, pretty good this morning I woke up, I, I actually did some cooking, did some breakfast. I cooked crepes for our kids uh, from scratch, not from the packet mix. Uh, and it wasn't burnt, it was in fact edible. Uh, had a nice walk to church, the year's beginning well so far. Kids are behaving, no need to discipline them yet. No tears this year just yet, so the year's going off well. Today I'm working, but tomorrow I'm off on two weeks of leave already. One day i work, two weeks off. The year is beginning quite well i'm enjoying this year so far good year for us good year for me but i do wonder how long will that last how long will this year be good for us this year has started off okay but how will the rest of the of the year go and, and what about you how do you think this year will fare for you how would you like this year to go 2017 would you like this year to be just like last year, 2016? Or would you like this year to be different to last year? Well, let's take a moment to reflect on what our life was like in 2016. Now I know for some of us here, last year was a good year. Some of us got new jobs, some of us new homes, some of us started dating, some of us got married, some of us had our first child last year. Some even went through the whole year without shedding a tear no hardship, no pain, no sorrow, not even a drop of tear. Now, if that was your year last year, praise God for that. Praise God for that. But I do know for some of us, last year was difficult. 2016 was a hard year, dealing with setbacks in life, setbacks in studies, setbacks in work, dealing with financial pressures, dealing with relational difficulties, tension in the household. I know this is the case. For some, the home doesn't even feel like the home. For some, nights crying to sleep. For some, a heart that's always in turmoil, in heartache. Then there are those largely dealing with chronic illnesses. Some thinking, when is this going to end? When am I going to get better from this? Some perhaps even exhausted just from caring for elderly parents for some it was a year even dealing with a death in the family well if that was your year last year 2016 well we certainly don't want to repeat off last year this year do we and so for some of us 2016 was a good year some of us 2016 was a bad year but I suspect for most of us it was a year with the ups and a year with the downs the mountaintop experiences the joy the celebration the smiles the pleasures but then that's marred by the valleys and the dark times sadness and sorrow and tears and anguish and so as we begin this year together as the family of god i want to ask you how do you think you'll get through this year how do you think you'll get through this year knowing that you have no control whatsoever on whether this year will be a good year or a bad year. What do you think is the best way to navigate through this year, whatever comes your way? Whatever comes your way to feel this year, that you have that deep sense of security, of comfort, of confidence and of peace. How do you get through this year feeling that way? But that's why we're reflecting on this psalm, considering this psalm this morning. It will help us with that. Because you see, in this psalm, this psalmist, this author, is in the midst of fear, of sorrow, of chaos, of hopelessness. But yet in this psalm, he finds security. He finds comfort. He finds confidence and he finds peace. And we want to learn from him as we begin this year. And so let's have a look at this psalm. When we look at this psalm, we don't know exactly what he was struggling with, what he was experiencing. But what we do know from this psalm is that things were bad, really bad for him. And we get an idea of this from verses 2 and 3. Have a look. The earth beneath him was crumbling, the mountains falling into the sea. The whole creator order was a total mess. Have a look. Verse 2. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Now what do you think this psalmist is trying to describe here? Well you see what he's trying to get us to imagine is the worst catastrophe possible, the worst thing that can ever happen to you, a hopeless chaotic mess. Now we know that the earth, the ground on which we stand, is rock solid. We build our homes on it, we build our cities on it. Eureka Tower, our inner city, is built on solid ground. It would stand. And when we return home later today after church, we won't expect to find that our house is missing. The ground has opened up and swallowed up our house. Our home will still be there. The ground we stand on is solid rock. But, but you see, what this psalmist is trying to get us to imagine is what seems so reliable, the ground we stand on. What seems so dependable, it's rock solid. But this created order is falling apart, is breaking apart. I mean, if you see what you see described here, the mountains falling, you see that, mountains falling into the sea, you know that things are bad. We have a problem if that happens. You see, it's a picture like a a massive earthquake, total chaos. It's like the creation is angry and things are bad. And we know how terrible they can be, don't we, when earthquake happens, when natural disasters happen. And for this Simus living in Palestine, he would not be unfamiliar with earthquakes. In fact, last year alone, there were three earthquakes in Israel. And we know how devastating earthquakes and natural disasters can be, don't we? 2016, how many earthquakes did we have? Stacks, stacks and stacks. Earthquakes in New Zealand, Ecuador, Italy, Taiwan, Indonesia, Japan. And how many people were killed? Over 1,200 people last year from Earthquakes. And, of course, that's not the worst our world has experienced. But then you add that to cyclones and hurricanes and tsunamis and flooding. They continue to devastate this world. And so this psalmist is trying to get us to imagine things are bad. The world is falling apart. The created order is breaking down. How do you get through life when life is like that? When the whole created order is falling apart? When it's all going into chaos when there's no escape from suffering, from disaster, when there is more pain than joy, when you can't even stand on your two feet and feel safe, what do you do? Well, what did this psalmist do? Have a look at verse 1. You see, it is a psalm of trust, a psalm of confidence. He says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. Therefore, verse 2, we will not fear. And so who do I turn to when creation crumbles? Who do I turn to when there's no one else to turn to? Well, I turn to God. He is my ever-present help. He is with me always. He's my mighty fortress, my refuge and strength. And so this is how this psalmist gets through the worst of disasters. As bad as things get, can get, this is how he gets through it and this is how we can get through this year and now we get a picture of that he describes it this 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 picture of security of comfort of confidence and of peace of being in the refuge of god he now describes that in these following verses you see the picture we just saw the world is chaotic total mess things are falling apart breaking earth trembling mountains falling waters raging and so it's loud it's noisy it's deafening Things are bad. But now he, he, he turns around. The, the picture he describes now is this tranquil, peaceful, quiet, secure refuge in the city of God. You see, to be where God is, is to experience peace. Now have a look at verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. See, that's a picture of Eden when things were good. And it's a picture of the new creation. But this psalmist here is using that image to describe what it's like to be in the refuge of God. And it continues, verse 5 God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Which is another way of saying God will help as soon as possible. But there, inside, inside the city of God, it's peaceful, it's tranquil, it's safe. What what is it like outside? Well, creation's crumbling. We see here the nations are raging, it's a mess outside. It, it's a picture of the world, this world's unending opposition and rebellion against God. Now, now you see, when when the nations of our world, when when people, when leaders, when they fight, when they battle, when they ravage when they plunder when they kill when they go to war and especially when they do that against the people of god it's not only that they're making life difficult for some people it's not only that they create political and and diplomatic headaches for world leaders it's not even that they're doing evil and wicked things you see when people do that in this world they're in fact raging against god they're sort of shaking their puny fists against god and so just last year in December, on the 11th of December, when in Cai- Cairo, a, a terrorist let off, set off a bomb inside the church, killing 25 people. It's not just that they kill people. They're, in fact, raging against God. On the 14th of December in India, 20 carol singers, they were singing carols in a private home, but then they were attacked by these 30 Hindu extremists with clubs and sticks. They're, just not, they're not just hurting people. They're in fact raging against God. They don't know it. They're raging against God. Or when governments ban Christmas or ban the mention of Christ, it's not a small thing. It's not just an opinion or a preference. They're in fact raging against God. It is serious. They're shaking their puny fists against God. They're thinking that they rule the world. But we see here it is God who rules. It is God who rules this world. Look at verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth mounts. Do you sense that? That's all it takes for God to raise his voice and the earth mounts. But of course we know this nation, the, the nations of the world and this world will continue to rage. We only need to turn on the news and know that that is true. In a recent study conducted by the Institute for Economics and Peace, they concluded this. They concluded that this world is, in fact, becoming more dangerous. The world is becoming a more dangerous place. And and we know this to be true, don't we? Even in our peaceful country, even in our peaceful city, it was a target for terrorist attack, remember that, not long ago. In this study, out of the 196 countries there are in the world, they say there's only 10 countries which are really at peace. Only 10 countries out of the 196 are completely free from conflict internally or externally. Only 10 nations in the world. And Australia's not one of them. And so when we reflect on life, when we reflect on this world, How do you get through life in such a chaotic and dangerous mess? Well, what did this psalmist do? Have a look at verse 7. He repeats it. The Lord Almighty, that is the Lord of hosts or the Lord of armies. It's the warrior God. He is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so who do I turn to this year when the nations rage? Who do I turn to when there's no one else to turn to? I turn to God. My mighty fortress is with me always, my refuge and strength. I mean, this is how the psalmist gets through a world without peace. And this is how we can get through this year. Now, having read that much of this psalm, some of us might be now thinking, is this really for real? I mean, are we being serious here? That God is that reliable? Even when the earth crumbles, we can trust in God. We can place our lives in the hands of God. We see, this psalmist anticipates that we'll ask such questions. And so now, look at what he does. He invites us, come and see. Come and see what God has done. Come and see for yourself. You can trust in this. God, look at verse 8. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. You see, it's an invitation. Come and see. I mean, didn't you see the flood God did over the earth with Noah? didn't you see what god did to pharaoh and the plagues didn't you see how god decimated the enemies of king david didn't you see the power of this god over this world didn't you see the desolations and so he continues verse 9 he says he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth he breaks the bow and shatters the spear he burns the shields with fire you see he's saying it is god alone It is god alone not the united nations it is god alone who can end the raging and the fighting in this world it is god alone who will one day do that finally and completely and so this psalmist invites us come and see for yourself but now something changes look at this psalm god now himself speaks look at verse 10 be still and know that I am God. Now, this verse is perhaps one of the most misinterpreted verses in the Bible. You see, this verse is not a verse that calls us to be quiet and still in the presence of God. Nor is this verse a call to to for us to stop our frantic lives and to take a deep breath and to still our soul. Nor is this verse a verse that calls us to, you know. Take a break, go to our beds, have a rest, take it easy, and consider God. Not that those things are bad things to do. They are very helpful things to do. But it's not what this verse is about. I mean, look at this verse in context. Creation is crumbling. The nations are raging against God and his people. It is a terrible mess. And so God says, stop. That's it. Enough. You see, the word be still here means to stop to cease, to slacken, to let down your hands, to drop, or in another translation, to stop fighting. And so it's not the gentle, be still and know that I am God. It is the, be still, stop now you people. Enough this world and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, what, what this is, is a call for this world. To submit to the Lordship of God. Stop your fighting. Lay down your weapons. Stop pretending that you're in control. Stop pretending that you're God. And submit yourself to the Lordship of God. God speaks and it thunders. And so this should remind us a bit of what the disciples experienced. You know, in our first reading. Do you remember the, the story of the coming of the storm? Out at sea, the storm was raging, rains bucketing down, waves crashing over the boat, and the disciples were afraid for their lives. And so they go to Jesus and they they ask him, don't you care if we drown? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Stop, be quiet, be still. And what happened? The waves and the wind obeyed. And so when the disciples saw that, what should have been ringing in their ears was this psalm, Psalm 46. Be still, this world. Stop. Enough and know that I am God. And so it is this God that this psalmist turns to in his need for help. It is this God that the disciples turn to. And what did this psalmist say? Well, he ends this psalm the way he started. Look at verse 11. The Lord Almighty is with us the God of Jacob, our fortress. If that is the God who cares for me, if that is the God who is with me always, what do I have to fear? You see, this is how this psalmist gets through life. This is how we can get through this year. And so now as we think about this year ahead, how do you think you will get through this year? We know we have no control at all on whether this year will be a good year or a bad year. We know, have no idea at all, whether disaster will strike us this year. So how do you think you will get through this year? Now last night I took uh, uh, my family out to watch the fireworks uh, at the Yarra Park by the MCG. We were sitting there and we were sitting on the rug waiting for the fireworks and it was great. It was good fun. It was a nice atmosphere. The kids are eating snakes and corn and other healthy junk food and I'm there trying to write this sermon and it was exciting there were literally tens of thousands of people out there everyone looked really happy it was this sense of joy and celebration and when the fireworks started it was just absolutely beautiful it was wonderful but I was there wondering on the outside everyone showed joy and celebration and happiness They, they showed gladness and they looked happy I didn't know them but they all looked happy but I was wondering, what was in fact happening on the inside? How many of those people were there on the inside were really in turmoil? Outside they're smiling, but on the inside they're hurting. There thousands of people there. Perhaps some of them, their family is in a mess. Their kids don't respect them, their parents disown them, their spouse is having an affair their friends have betrayed them, they're under financial stress, there's no cure for their cancer. I was there wondering, on the outside everyone looks so happy and joyful, but on the inside, was it really total chaos, without peace, without hope? And it, it leaves me wondering now, how many of the lives here at this church, in this church family is like that as well? On the outside we can, It's very easy to put on a happy face but on the inside it's all turmoil and heartache now i've been a pastor minister for five years in fact exactly five years today i started five years ago at this church on the 1st of january on a public holiday remember that i worked on a holiday and same as today working on a public holiday but in my five years of being a minister the short time of being a pastor it's really enough for me to see That every single soul, everyone, has something they're struggling with, has something they're finding difficult in life, something they're dealing with, something they're unhappy with, every single soul. And so if that is us, what does this psalmist do? How did he get through life? Well, he turned to God, his mighty fortress, because only there could he find complete security genuine comfort quiet confidence and lasting peace and so in other words what we can learn from this psalm what we can take from this psalm for us this year is this don't do this year alone don't do this year alone don't do the stresses and pressures of life alone don't do that hurting heart alone Don't do the disappointments and setbacks alone. Don't do your struggles with illness alone. Do it with us, your church family, of course. Share your burden with us that we might might pray for you. But more importantly, don't do this year alone, but do it with God. Don't do this year alone, but do it with God, like this psalmist. And what that means for us now on this side of, of the cross is this. Don't do this year alone, but do it with Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who came and lived a life you couldn't, who came and died a death so you wouldn't, who came to be your Lord and your Saviour. And so this year, don't do life alone, do it with God. He's our ever present help, He's our mighty fortress. He is the God who is with us always. Do this year with God. And so this morning, as we look forward to the year ahead, we all need this psalm as a constant reminder to us. It's in fact, perhaps, the reason for why Martin Luther, he used this psalm to write what became the single most powerful hymn of the Protestant Reformation, the one we just sang. A mighty fortress is our God. You see, this hymn, during that time, became the battle cry of the people, a great source of strength and inspiration. This hymn was a source of inspiration even for those who were martyred for their convictions. And it is said that in times when Luther himself was in the pits, was in darkness, was facing danger, he would cheerfully say to his friend, he would say, come Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm. Our mighty fortress is our God. And so this year, how will you get through? How can we get through? Well, we remember this Psalm. We sing this hymn. We don't do this year alone, but we do it with God. Our mighty fortress, our ever-present help, the one who is with us always. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your kindness and mercy that you would choose to be with us, to be our ever-present help. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, who guides us, protects us and gives us lasting peace, the peace we all want, the peace we can all now have. And so I pray, Lord. For my brothers and sisters here that this year we will not venture to do life alone but to always do it with you knowing that you are our mighty fortress we pray this in the name of jesus amen